They say we sick with it, you better wear a mask. They say we're moving towards the top, but we work like we're trash. I mean, these conversations happening, you shouldn't have asked. We're the winners of the future, not a slave to the past. You said we never, ever make it, and I'm saying you lied. Tune in every Monday, press play, share, and subscribe. Your invoice has been processed. Bring me my money, don't hide. Don't play with me, I'm kingdom and I'm Southside. Quarter pound, half a pound, whole pound, A. Hey. Remember that song? Half a brick something, 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 yeah. Welcome to Quarter Brick High. I don't know if y'all, <laughs> do y'all uh, watch the guy? Oh, my gosh, I need to put his name somewhere. Um, the TikTok guy who's always, like, um, representing black administrators. It's just funny. It's just really funny. But welcome back to Million Dollar Conversations Podcast. It's your host. Oh, we do that now? Yeah. Jonathan, oh my God. I mean, everybody knows Jonathan, but they don't know Tweet. Well, everybody does not know Jonathan. Jonathan is our intern, guys. Um, he's working well with us. Um, he's on the clock, even when he's not on the clock. So there's that. Get you some good help, because good help is hard to find. It sure is. But my name is Patrice Nguini. And my name is Tweety Nguini. And we are, okay, I just felt like that was a good place to do that. Switch game to a whole nother domain. Okay. <laughs> Not domain. Y'all, future, future needs to go back to the past <laughs> so that we can discuss some, some basic pronunciation. What are three words that black people mispronounce? I feel like we've done this before on the podcast. But this is a new one, okay? I've, I've always said Walmarts. Like, where is the K coming from? <laughs> Where is no, the, where's the S? Well, we it. do that too with Kroger's. It's Kroger. Albertsons. I actually think Albertsons is Albertsons. It is. It is. But like Kroger's, it's Kroger. It's Kroger. Library. It's library. Um, Pacific. That's the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know what gets me? This this one, this one, this this is one for me. Okay. When somebody passes away, um, Somebody says, what do they say? I know they say, like, my condolences, but they say, um, oh, my gosh, you know the word I'm talking about. There's, like, a word that everybody, I'm going to get it at the very end of the podcast, but there's, like, a word that people continue to just say, it's fine. It's fine. Go ahead. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Um, What's another word? Well, I've heard somebody say pneumonia before. Of course you have. <laughs> so, all right. Um, so, Tweety wants us to to integrate the um, just a culturally relevant segment of the podcast where um, we bring your favorite um, African auntie and uncle to the podcast. All right. Um, and so, what are the the African and what what are their names? Can, can you get them? Jonathan, bring them in. Bring them in, please, Jonathan. You may sit down. Oh my God! Hey, my name is Temperance. And my name is Joffrey. <laughs> wait, wait, what is it? Wait, what's your name? Joffrey. Jo- Joffrey. Joffrey. G-E-O-F-F. Jeffrey? Joffrey. <laughs> and my name's Temperance. Oh, my God. I uh, wanted to sit down and have some pilau. And do you have my jollof? You know, jollof rice is like really like oh, something special. No, it's something. Okay, am I just saying yeah, that because? Okay, okay. Uh, uh, oh, sure. Since we're on this cultural sure. table, let, let the cultured one Go ahead. handle this. <clears throat> okay, I think that black people and uh, half of 
Ghana and Nigeria are on this whole jollof kick. I, I, jo, I could mess with some jollof. But if you've ever had some Tanzanian palau rice, mm-hmm. it'll change your whole life. Mm-hmm. The problem is that since people are less cultured and all they know is jollof, and Nigeria is the whole Africa, you know how many people have approached me and said, oh, you from Nigeria, yeah, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, Nigeria is like a beautiful uh, continent, bro. Ooh, we got to do better. Yeah. We have to do so much better. We we know. I, I brought in the, the Afri- the Joffrey and uh, Temperance. Um, one, because uh, we wanted to talk about the pronunciation of uh, certain certain words. Within the the cult, yeah. The diaspora. The diaspora. The conscience. Yeah. <laughs> the conscience. That's not clear. It's not clear. Or uh, the devastated. Devastated. We are all devastated. <laughs> we are so devastated. The pneumonia is is rampant. And Karana. And the COVID. The COVID is. <laughs> <laughs> not the Karana. That Karana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where the A come from? <laughs> where the A come from? But I love us. Or booding. <laughs> you want some booding? <laughs> where does the B come from? You just flip that P, huh? Stop. Stop. <laughs> I be flipping that P. <laughs> but welcome back, man. How was your week, Tweety? How, how's everything been going this week? Oh, Tweety man. We had a few... Um, a few a few timeouts. I'm I'm sitting here asking you for your week and now I'm telling you. Um my week has been like <laughs> in the words of Patrice, devastated. Devastating. <laughs> I mean your conscience was not clear. I think if if you catch up with my stories, it's usually like I'm posting how I really feel. Like in most weeks I feel like somebody is knocking me out. Mm-hmm. Like just waking up and Get into business, get into right. the things that we need to do. This little boy, he I feel like he knocked me out on purpose yeah. every day. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I love it. I'll take it. I'll knock out for that. Um, but it's been an awesome week. How about your week, though? Oh, my God. The week went by super, super quick, y'all. Um, it was heavy on business. It was heavy on um we were like heavy in creation mode, and the creativity's really been flowing since I've been home for the summer. Um, even with Preston, even with you know, kind of working around his schedule because if you got kids, you know, you have to just kind of be like, hey, what are we doing today, Preston? Because I may have plans, or you may just want to, you know, Indeed. do what you want to do. But as Sweetie said, it's been dope. Even you know, I feel like we've actually gotten more done with him. <laughs> He's the straightening. <laughs> He's so the straightening. So tune into the last week's podcast. Um, he is so the straightening. But I want to go ahead and go into the shum, 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 shum. We in a whole nother domain. And um, uh, Jonathan, thank you for Temperance and Joffrey. Please take them out. Excuse them. Yes. Um, and their payment is on the, the cupboard. Thank you. Payment. Jo- Jonathan, look, we are running a, a full... A fully functioning executive order up here. Do you hear? Do you hear me? All right, but anyway, Tweety, what are three things? Three things that you have at at, at this nice ripe age that you're at now. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, like understood. Like, what are three things a light bulb finally went off on? But for so long, you were like, what? 
you remember when like your parents or somebody was like, wait till you get older and you'll like understand like certain things are going to hit better. I feel like the closer that 30 is approaching, the more I'm like, I haven't been adulting the whole time. You mean like I've been on 50% adult mode or 60% adult mode? I feel like now I'm like, this is adulting and I'm approaching it because I feel like parenthood, it sets you up for like some real life stuff that you got to think about that you never thought about. So like there's a lot more aha moments of like, how'd you do it? I mean, I'm still asking that with my parents, like five kids, really? Five? Y'all settle for that number? Why? But, you know, just now understanding that there's a lot more to life and to learn than what I thought, you know, maybe a year ago. Um, One recent thing, and I believe I, I really tapped into it heavy this year, um, even before Preston, was that insecurity and ignorance will have you feeling things that are not true, Teach. That, that are absolutely untrue. Um, I... So we hear things from wounds, and I right after I had my son, I was super like woundy, like like you know, physically, and- physically, mentally, spiritually, in every single way. And I and I'm gonna speak freely about it because a lot of people do not. Um, you kind of hear people talk about postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. Um, well, you don't hear anybody talk about postpartum anxiety, but I believe that's that's what I had. I don't think I I had postpartum depression necessarily, but I did have baby blues which occurs right after you have your child and you're just like everywhere um mentally but I felt very woundy and so anything somebody said was like it just hit me right right wherever my many wounds were um you know if somebody was like you know are you breastfeeding and knowing that at that moment breastfeeding was a struggle for me um I was like, oh, my gosh, you're attacking me. That person didn't know that that was a struggle for me or or not. Or maybe even Tweety had brought it up. He said, Patrice, have you ever considered that maybe people are asking because maybe it was a struggle for them, too? Like, <laughs> like you know, I just hadn't even considered it. Or, like, you know, if I went out to, you know, there would be some times that I just needed some fresh air. I needed to get out the house, and I would go to Target or something. And um, if somebody was like, Oh my gosh! Didn't you just have a baby? And I'd be like, Oh my god! Like what? 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 I I can't go to Target. I can't go to Target. <laughs> Not knowing <laughs> that somebody was just inquiring. Now some people are nosy. Some people do have ill intent, but everybody does not. And so ignorance. You know, not knowing the fullness of something and insecurity, which you feeling everything, you're like white knuckling everything you feel and not even feeling anything else or even considering what else is happening in, in the room um, can have you experiencing something that is totally false. I agree with that. And just to second that, I think that um, you always want to be a student to life. And I feel like there's like a at least for me, there was a certain arrogance personally about like realizing that or thinking that I know what's about to, you know, I know the next step, I know the next move. And like, when I say parenting is not that, like you can't, (laughs) you can't predict the next move. Like I'm a master finesse. Oh, are you? You know, 
you know, like the, the the drip might be on fifty, but the finesse on one hundred. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god! Oh. But, and above lately, it's on it's on seventy percent. We are we are loaded. Jonathan, please tell Temperance to stay outside. Tell Temperance to stay outside. Please go ahead, tweet. But um, of lately, um, I just realized that when you become a student, no matter what comes your way, you're just learning so that you can know how you deal with it. Um, and for me, fatherhood has been that just, I'm not basing it off of what even my father did or anybody else did. It's just based off of my relationship that I want to create with my son, you know, and with my family, because it's a new thing. They have to rediscover how to do it, you know, you know, so it's always, uh, there's no manual, there's no playbook, there's no, Hey, I did this, you do that. It's just figuring it out day by day, and I think you figure it out by love and just continuing to love, you know, your, your your baby, continue to love where you are in life, and, I mean, it's okay. Adulting is great. That part. No, no, heavy on the loving where you are. Heavy, 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 heavy. Like, sit on it, heavy, of where you, loving where you are, because that was the next thing I was going to say as far as, Something that light bulb just went off on um, here in in the most recent years for me. I used to always feel like I was missing out on something. Like always, always, always. Oh, like that. That was probably like the subtitle of my biography on Lifetime. It's like Patricia, <laughs> the story of Master P. She's always missing out on something. And so, like in my teenagehood, in my early twenties, I always felt like everybody else was doing something, and I, it always looked so fun because here I was, you know, in college, I was just in my dorm room minding my business. In my teenagehood, I was always at home minding my business. Now in my, my latter 20s, guess what I'm doing? Heavy on minding my business. But um, everything always looked so fun that they were doing. And then I would go out and try to experience it. And I was like, y'all, this is not fun. Like, this is just not fun. Like, you know, no knock on what people consider fun because everybody's not me. But I would be like, man, like, y'all don't want to be at home? (laughs) I I think that comes from, like, group thinking. I think that comes from peer pressure. A lot of the mistakes I've made in life has not been based off of just my own thoughts. It's been based off of a group think. Like, oh, man, like, let's go over here. We only got $20 in our pocket collectively. Mm Mm-hmm. <laughs> As a group, Little Seasons was hitting, wasn't it? Nah, we couldn't even afford that. Oh, no, what? Nah, it was. Caesars. It was like we gonna go to this rinky dink, you know, little Chinese spot, and oh, yeah, you for $5? yeah oh. one person get the big plate, cut it out into a little. It was just on some like bummy stuff. Yeah, I never liked to share food. I was always gonna make sure I had some money for some food. I never was gonna share. But what I've realized and what I've grown to understand about life and about those moments is like when you start thinking for yourself, when you start asking some critical questions, it's harder for you to fall into that that group think mm-hmm. like, well, you did that. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. You bought that. I'm going to buy this. It's like, no, nah, like I actually don't want to do that. Right. I actually want to step out and be different. And that's kind of where, like, you know, as we were, you know, preparing for this podcast, I'm like, nah, we really need to start discouraging to help. I'm here to discourage. I am here to discourage. (laughs) We are here to help. (laughs) Have you ever, uh, so uh, an example I had is that I really wanted to play football. Here I am, five foot four, 
like one 100 pounds in middle school going into high school and my mom like was like bro look you are not created for this you don't have the passion for it you don't have the drive for it it's not that people who are small don't make it to you know uh play in the nfl and stuff but those people are dedicated Mm -hmm. her discouragement of like this ain't you Mm -hmm. was like at first, it stung. It's like, but mom, I'm, I'm going to show up every day because my mama told me I'm not going to make it. And it's like, yo, you need to hit the books. Yeah, You need to go read. Right, right. <laughs> Your destiny is not in that. She saw something that I couldn't see in that moment. Right, right. But that discouragement really helped me. Mm-hmm. So we need to be out here as adults doing the same thing. I am here. We are here as a collective to discourage, to help. We're discouraging folks. Are we undoing all of the good work we've been doing by <laughs> by saying, by telling people we're here to okay. discourage them? Uh, but no, but I'm saying like there's moments there's moments where you need discouragement. Like when you know it's a bad idea. When you know like yo, I'm tripping out here like somebody I I consider what I'm calling discouragement like accountability. Mm, straightening part. Straightening two. part 2. Okay. But it's really to assist like, yo, you 35, it might not work. That you drop 50 mixtapes. It's it's it, bro. Like just But but on that 51st mixtape, it might uh, hit uh, it. Okay. But I'm saying okay. see, this is the part of the scourge. Am I, I the problem? <laughs> yes. Okay, so, so 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 how about this? All right. There is a difference between people who are optimistic and like persevering. You know, persevering. You know, there's a difference between those and people who have like thoughts of grandeur, grandeur, grandeur. Grandeur. All right. Like people who like are nowhere near what they are thinking and believing. But then but then we speak about faith as well. But I believe that faith aligns with your life. So even if it doesn't look like it and then you achieve it, then, you know, that is faith. But I believe that, like, thoughts of grandeur that are, like, completely, like, misaligned on and not even on a different page in a different book. Is that what you're talking about, discouragement? Like, sometimes people are dying on the wrong hill. Is that what you're speaking of? That's what I'm speaking. I don't want anybody to get it wrong, you know, or think, ah, man, Twitty out here just, you know, discouraging folks from following their dreams. That's not it. I'm like, there's moments, key moments as a young adult where I was discouraged not to smoke. I was discouraged not to, you know, Mm. not to drink, discouraged not to have premarital sex. Um, And I was like, nah, that's my thing. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm willing to die on that very hill. And I'm like, we need to tell some of these, discourage some of these kids from the pain that you faced. Discourage them from some of the, you know, and, and sometimes you're like, but I don't want to be, I want to be the nice uncle. I want to be the nice this. I want, no, sometimes you can't be friends with the very same thing that they're facing. They're facing a lot of mm-hmm. turmoils. And even as adults, like if you see something in, 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 in the people around you, like, man, like if I keep it real with you and I hold you accountable, it's going to help you in the future. You may not like me right now. But most people appreciate it because most people. I think, but I think quite a few people actually appreciate it because there are some people who will come to you and know that they have like a half cocked thing going on. And then, like, if you sit up here and okay and yes, man, and this and that, they're going to kind of look at you like, now I know this ain't right. 
<laughs> so why are you yesing it? But they appreciate the yes in the moment because it doesn't sting. But then I've had some because I unfortunately, unfortunately, am that person who if someone you know. I unfortunately it has been to my detriment. It has been to like being heavily unliked in a lot of situations. Um that you know somebody brings something to me or something like that. It's not I don't sit up here and act like I have the answer, but if it just don't make sense, I'm not I out of my mouth you will not hear me say it makes sense. <laughs> I I have now opted for silence. Silence has been a wonderful wonderful option of so, lately. So let me ask you this, okay? So for example, I was I thought I was drip drip down. I thought I had the best fit the other day. And you couldn't tell me nothing, obviously, because of who I am. But in that moment, I asked Patrice about five times, not because I was like, you know, like, nah, I'm, I'm not going to need the assistance. I was like, I need some straightening. If there is something wrong, straighten me. The first time you straightened well, you me. Have to ask five times? Because there's something in me that needs straightening. You see? <laughs> I need I need discouragement. That's what I was on. You're like, yo, like. Why are you wearing what was I wearing like stripes and polka dots? Like it was it was some real Africans. <laughs> it was some stuff that I pulled from my DNA. <laughs> and like the first time Patrice told me, I was like, nah, man, you, you tripping, man. It's fit, it's fit, it's fit fire. And the second time, I was like, what about this? And you were like, that's not it either. But I'm like, man, what then you get to that delusion part. Where the discouragement needs to happen. We're like, man, she hating on me. How can she be hating on me when she going out with me? Right. Yeah, that, that part. And, and, and if you are anything like me or if you are that person that, like, you, you just, like, you, you just can't lie in that moment, you have witnessed what it's like to deal with somebody like Tweety who's all like, no. No, and there have been so many conversations Sweetie and I have had before we go out somewhere, and I sit up here and be like, "Don't do that." <laughs> I'm t- I'm trying to help you. I I don't I don't earn anything from hating on you. It's discouraging. I earn nothing. So now you see what I'm talking about. We're discouraged. <laughs> yeah, to happen. but then tell me why Tweety will turn around and be like, "Nah, I'm a word." Nah, I'ma do like just because you said that I'ma do it. Whole time he'd be sitting up here. If it's like a watch that he shouldn't have worn, his hand will be in his pocket the whole time. Or he'll be checking his shirt the whole because he knew he shouldn't have did it, but he wanted to prove a point. And so my question after that was like, why do you fight me when I'm bringing you the truth? Why does the truth do that to you? The truth hurts, (laughs) Patrice. The truth hurts. (laughs) The truth hurts. Nobody wants to accept that. Nobody wants to believe that. But the truth hurts. But it brings about straightening. I mean, but see, and you've told me the same thing, too. But I feel like I I would like to think I'm a little bit more receptive. Like, you'll be like, I would like to think, like, I'll put on something. He'll be like, nah, that ain't you. And maybe I'll be like, are you sure? Really? There's a resistance. There is a resistance. You're right. You're right. And everybody has a natural resistance to being told they're doing something wrong, which is an innate problem. And sometimes it comes from like a lot of childhood trauma Mm -hmm. where you're always feeling like everything you do is wrong. So you rather just follow or do whatever somebody wants. Delusion kicks in and you're like, nah, it's straight. I'm straight. I'm straight. I'm good. And so for me, I'm like, they hating on the young Yeah, they're hating on young T. I'm like, (laughs) how's my wife? (laughs) But. I think for me, the reason why I feel that resistance 
initially, which I've grown better at and realizing, man, like that, that's something you got to deal with because on a deeper, deeper level, it's because you don't want correction. A lot of people don't want correction and that's why they want to be agreeable to everything. That's why there's a need for a balance of discouragement, not discouragement to hurt you, not discouragement to say you can't do whatever God has called you to. But I'm saying, I don't even want to call it discouragement because somebody's going to be like, I'm just not going to listen because I don't, I don't want to feel discouraged. I'm saying just on a balanced, just like a balanced word. And a corrective tip. And a corrective tip of like, yo. I'm trying to help. I, I, I am here to help. You are past the skinny jeans phase, Tweety. You 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 hitting two twenty. People, people still wear skinny jeans. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Men still wear. Skinny oh yeah, jeans? they do. You really? you are two twenty. You need some. You need you know like I know. Thick. Yeah. You uh, th- 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 thick. Okay, thank you very much. You need one. You need to hit somebody's gym. That's a corrective word. Nobody want to go there. Yeah. If I see you going down the wrong path, like I need. Mm-hmm. Hey man, I see some rolls. A.T. But see, and then there are people who are wired like Tweety who will go and like go out of their way to do the opposite. We have conversations daily about your water intake. <laughs> daily. <laughs> what I tell, no, 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 no. I'm bringing, I'm bringing us to the red table, Tweety. I'm bringing us to the red table because I don't want anybody to have any false like perception of who we are. That, that that we don't have conversation like like I don't want anybody to be like oh I listen to their podcast and they get along so well and they this because we do get along well but like we have conversations that I feel like should not be nearly as hard as they are. They are yes, but a penny for your thoughts of these conversations as well. Like I sit up here and I be like Tweety, drink some water. Like babe, drink some water. Yo yo pee is looking like orange Gatorade. You you need to do something about that, and he's like, you know, no, you know, okay, I, I got some water. All right, Tweety will have the same bottle of water by his side of the bed for the entire week, and will be working on it, chipping away at it, sip by sip. No, 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 no. Let's let's keep going. The, we're at the red table. All right, and then. He'll buy Red Bull. Red Bull is his kryptonite. I don't understand why Red Bull is made and sold to humans. I don't. But it's fine. We all got our things. I'm sure I have my thing, too. And I have gone through. Tweety will buy, like, two Red Bulls at a time. He's never going to buy just one. And he'll drink them back to back. I hide them. All right. Or in some rare cases, I've thrown them away. When I tell you the way he comes into the kitchen, fee, fi, fo, fum, like, where, where is it? Patrice, where is I've been woken up out of my sleep. Patrice, 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 where is my Red Bull? Patrice, and I'm like, Tweety, it's three in the morning. Where is my Red Patrice, I, I look, I, I'm in the lab. <laughs> Patrice, Patrice, I'm in the lab. <laughs> like, <laughs> Patrice. I'm doing arts and crafts right now. Three in the morning. I need my Red Bull. <laughs> okay, okay. Enough of that. Okay, so the thing about it is since you want to get into the psyche of how a young player get down, <laughs> I'm going to help you so you can encourage and discourage at the same time. So I'm going to start off with the first Jonathan, problem. Thank you. Okay, Beat- you, Beatrice on the way out too. Are we still hiring Beatrice? Beatrice is not. She didn't make it to the second interview. Okay. Um, but when it comes to 
uh, why I don't have a high water intake is that what is trauma? Everything is not trauma. No, no, no. Did you feel okay. the same way about lotion? Okay, let me finish. That is trauma. <laughs> that is truly trauma. Not lotion, but Vaseline specifically. All right. Vaseline, mm-mm, I don't do that. I need some, like, water down lotion. And because of that, you've chosen to be ashy for you. I've not been ashy in months. <laughs> <laughs> Not outside this house. In the house, you catch me here. Yeah, I'm gonna be Ashley Larry. <laughs> Out there, I'm be glistening. You're gonna be like, dang, okay, you you drinking water for real now? <laughs> Not really. But for the water intake, is that like I just want to get better. I feel like I'm getting better by increments. Mm. So like. What you consider not drinking water, I'm like, dang, I just, I did two bottles today. Like, what's mm-hmm. up? Mm-hmm. So I'm, uh, instead of discouraging me there, you need to encourage, like, oh, man, you did a bottle? Man, come on. Good job. Mm-hmm. That doesn't need discouragement. The discouragement needs to happen when I do arts and crafts. <laughs> <laughs> I want if you I, to explain to our listeners what arts and crafts is. Arts and crafts is when you have that idea. you like, ooh. Ooh, that's gonna I'm mess in the lab up. With it. I'm in the lab oh, with yeah, it. Oh yeah, this gonna mess him up. <laughs> like I'm just deep in that bag. I'm like ah, staying up all night. You know, like no, uh, no. Okay, let, let me break it down definition wise. No structure, no strategy, just sheer creativity. And some scissors. And some, <laughs> well, some well, scissors and glue. Give me some credit. No, you you jump on Photoshop. You got all your stuff laid out. Yeah. You got your bull, you got Red Bull out, you you like, oh man, like <laughs> this time next year it's gonna mess them up. Yeah, yeah. So you just in there, you losing sleep, you know you got work in the morning, mm-hmm. but you in the lab with it. Mm-hmm. It's not structured right. Right. So like arts and crafts is a beautiful thing. But let me tell you this, it's also a gift. And some people don't got that. Oh my God. They don't got mama's cooking. That's how I, that's what I call it. <laughs> I got I got that spazazz, you yeah. know, that mama's cooking. Yeah. It's a blessing and a curse at the same time. Oh my god. Cause you know, some people be looking for mama's cooking. There's times when you need the arts and crafts. <laughs> I got that I got that arts and Everybody has their own version of arts and crafts. Yes. It's not literal arts and crafts, guys. It's not literal. I remember the reason this term even came about is <laughs> I can, sweetie works from home. I do not. I came home one day. I was good and pregnant and very irritable. And like Tweety was quote unquote in the lab, you know, Don't in, the, in, in the lab with it, you know. And so we all have these moments as creative entrepreneurs where we have like these bursts of energy and these ideas and we just got to act on it. And so I caught him in the middle of acting on it. So he was all like, it was paper everywhere. It was all just, it, it was so much going on. And I literally like just went upstairs. And just like, you know, when he came upstairs to come to bed, I was like, Tweety, I don't got time for your arts and crafts. I just I just don't got time for it. Like I'm 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 sleepy, I'm tired, I'm pregnant, I'm hungry. It, it was too much going on. But let's go ahead and move into let's talk about faith real quick. Let's talk about where we are with with all the things with um with faith. How how how's that going? I feel like it's honest to say that you're struggling in faith. I feel like sometimes you get shunned and you get dismissed uh, by, um, I guess, the, the church or who I, I'm not even going to say the church. You get In your own mind, you're like, dang, like, should I be struggling with my faith? Should I be struggling with this moment? And then you end up taking it to people instead of taking it to God. 
And then the people be like, yeah, and that's why I don't X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And that's why I need, you know, like I find my own God wherever I am, so so on and so on. I want to talk real quick about the alarming rate of people who are struggling mentally and struggling um, spiritually, but feel so capped and feel so muzzled um, to not say anything. Um, and therefore, you know, there's this thing that I don't, I don't know. I feel like it's like a war. Or I feel like it's like a debate ongoing about, you know, therapy, talking to somebody, actually recognizing what it is that you're struggling with versus, you know, um, not doing those things, um, and still be active in the church. Um, I believe that there can be a, a strong combination of both with getting the help you need. Uh, from when you know you're sovereignly selected overseer but I also consider the fact that there's not a lot of people who have an overseer there's some people who are churchless they don't have anybody to turn to or they have like you know a, uh, um, a virtual experience with church like oh I there are people literally like who in our city right now who be like, oh I go to pass the tide church Mike Tide hips oh. Um, but, call this man no hips. Okay, I didn't mean to call him hips, but um, <laughs> you know, like, I gotta pass the tie church, and I'm like, oh, but you're here, you know. So they don't have obviously they don't have that one on one experience with their pastor to actually hear from him and talk to him about their things. So I I feel like what we don't talk about enough in the Christian community is what do you do when you're struggling. You know, yes, you turn to God, but there are a lot of people who don't understand the procedure of turning to God. So, therefore, the animosity towards praying um, becomes even realer. Go ahead, Tweety. What I, what I meant by turning to God personally is a, one, there has to be a communication of, God, I'm lost. Or, God, I need some answers. And, God, I need direction. So, the prayer is the entryway. You know what I'm saying? The mm. prayer is the entryway to figuring out what that problem is, mm. what you're facing, what, what, what door has been opened in your life in a certain area. Yeah. So I consider prayer like a one-on-one. -on -one. It's a phone call. Hey, God, I'm here. I need, I need you. Mm -hmm. I need you to you know, open, open my heart to this area of my life where I feel confused. Mm -hmm. I feel lost. I, I feel like I can't. I can't respond to this area of my life. I can't I can't speak out by my anxiety, you know, and sometimes the anxiety or the things that we're facing becomes the things that we talk about mm -hmm. but we never talk to. Or we fail to recognize it. Right. Sometimes we believe that <clears throat> I think that a misconception that we tend to have as Christians is that we don't deal with those things because God has ripped the veil and we're close with God. Um, I believe that he's able to cure all, heal all, and complete all. But that still doesn't mean that we can't recognize that there is something yet to heal and something yet to cure. And I believe that some people are like, oh, I rebuke it. I don't have it. But you struggle with it. And you don't say anything about it. So there's nothing wrong. You can rebuke it, but you have to recognize that it is a struggle that you have to work, you know, one-on-one -on -one with God on. Like, you, you can't ignore certain things. There are so many things that are rampant in, in the church, in our communities, that we do not speak about. And I believe that should we speak about it, we can actually properly heal. Um, yeah, go ahead, sweetie. Okay, so 
I think before we go too deep, I think that there has to be a step by step of one recognizing what it what it is that, that is going on within you. So I started off with like I'm struggling. What area am I struggling with is the next part. Right. I'm struggling in my faith. Mm-hmm. If, if that was the case, I feel like you know there's a lot of things that are happening in the church that are discouraging in a different way. Right. To where it's like why you know like. We better than this. Why are we doing this? Why we gotta? Why we gotta put on a show mm-hmm. to consider it church? Why we gotta? You know? Why we gotta do? Why we gotta do like some clown stuff mm-hmm. to to call it? You know? You know that to say that God is in the midst. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I believe that just like in every other area, there's gonna be some real and there's gonna be some fake. But God is calling us to understand. That when we talk about I believe in God, I have faith in God, it has to be a personal walk. So what are you doing in your personal day to help you in that area that you're weak in? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, man, I need to increase my prayer prayer life uh, or the time that I speak with God so that I'm covered no matter what happens anywhere else. Right. And so that's what I meant by recognizing. Right. We talk a lot about casting things down. We cast things down. We have to recognize what we're casting down. Lord, I have anxious thoughts. Lord, I I have depressive episodes. Name that thing. thing. Not to give it power, but to cast it down. That's what I mean. Sometimes we, I think that that is the, the hot and cold of what we're talking about. People are like, you know, I don't deal with depression. That, that ain't God, you know, God did this and God... Yes, he he may have cured that from your family line, but that does not mean you have to still cover yourself in that area. You know what I'm saying? If you have a past of these things, you have to do a reoccurring work to work with God to cover those things. Because what's covered can also be uncovered. What's right, right. Let, let you get too loosey-goosey with it. You know what I'm saying? Let Take you, away God from it. Right, right. If you step away from God in that area and you become uncovered, that you may have to end up doing more work than you had to do in the first place to actually get, you know, healed and delivered from that thing. I believe that you have to constantly pursue God in that area of wherever you're struggling. And that's where you, that's where you add provisions. Right. I think provisions are a daily reminder that you're struggling. Put it before you every single day. Right. You know, like Patrice has like on her, if you don't mind me sharing, on her mirror, um, on our uh, upstairs mirror, uh, in the bathroom, like she has all the things that she is struggling with, right. but she also underneath it has a provision written on how to deal with that provision. Sometimes we talk about what we're struggling with, but we don't talk about the solution yeah. to the struggle. Right. So that's why people end up like, no, I'm going to start a ministry based off of depression. Right. It's like, but you are not healed in that area. And so you're you got just a whole bunch of depressed folks just, just being depressed with each other. At that point. Right. There's nothing wrong with community but and with the same vision, but you have to have a vision to, to get further than where you are. Right. Um, so my biggest challenge is, one, like you said, identifying what I'm struggling with. Right, right. Say to myself and, 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 and go to God in prayer mm-hmm. about what that is, God unlocking an answer for me, mm-hmm. either through a person, either through a message, either through something. And then three, taking it to somebody else. For me, it's my wife. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, yo, 
this <laughs> I'm not feeling it. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm just not feeling it. I'm yeah. I can't lie to you. I don't have the answers. Yeah. Sometimes we think that we, you know, as men, yeah. I'm I'm bringing us to the the table. Mm-hmm. We think that we have to have the answers. Sometimes I don't know is the best thing they need to hear. Mm-hmm. As, as to your wife, to your kids, to somebody else is like I don't know, but God's going to show it to me. Right. Or I don't know I'm talking to somebody about it. I don't know I'm still figuring it out. We don't have to put on this Superman cape. That's the lie yeah. that the, that the world has created. That you have to be everything and any and everything that you know somebody has thought of. Everything that the world has created men to be. Right. The world is better when men start identifying the emotions, and a lot of men deal with issues of not being able to identify emotion oh man like you played me no you're hurt you're disappointed right call it what it is call it exactly what it is so that you could be like since i'm disappointed do i have to shoot you (laughs) (laughs) no seriously like most most bouts are like that like since since I'm discouraged, yeah. since I'm frustrated, yeah. since I'm depressed, yeah. do I have to drink lean? Do I have to, you know, we, yeah. we glorify a lot of these things we because do. we don't know how to identify our emotions. Right. Come on. yeah. You have seven kids, but you're not identifying. I just needed a father. Yeah. So I feel like if I, I father, family. Yeah, yeah, if I father more kids, then I'll just be there to give them toys. And you think that's fatherhood. And then you end up creating another you. Yeah. Time seven. Yeah. So I... I feel for our men because I feel like that's where the enemy attacks the most because they carry the seed. Yeah. And since they carry the seed, if I eliminate the carrier, then I don't have to worry about who carries it. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to try to play that role. Mm -hmm. So our community is, uh, is, is faced not just the black community, but just as, as, as people we're, we're faced with the issue of not able to realize what's being unveiled and yeah. veiled in yeah. front of us yeah. by the enemy before it's way too late. Right. You know, or it happens and then we're just like stuck in that cycle. Right. Right. And in order to get out of it, I believe that men have to come together and say enough is enough mm-hmm. for my family. I would do X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. for my family. I will submit to God. Mm-hmm. Submission is the entryway to accountability, the straightening, (laughs) the discipleship that, you know what, before I'm a leader, I know how to serve. If you're a leader who doesn't know how to serve, then how else are you going to be able to be uh, able to, uh, to be effective? Yeah. The ineffectiveness comes from a culture that thinks everything is self-made. Right. When everything is God made, you can't give you, you can't give yourself an extra five, so 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So you submitted to nobody, including yourself. Right. That's why your seeds spill like it's water, mm-hmm. man. And that's why, you know, women deal with so many um, strongholds because they're holding too much weight. That's supposed yeah. to be lifted off of their shoulders right. and given to somebody else. Yeah. So on a fluffier note, You know, just for example, like I've been facing a lot of stuff as far as like we're just simply going out to the mall and I'm holding the baby. Oh, my gosh, you're holding the baby. (laughs) Like, are you babysitting? I'm like, no, it's my son. (laughs) Right. It's like, you know, it's rare, you know, in this culture, even though we're moving, the numbers is going up. I did not know it was that rare. I didn't at all. Like, it still shocks me. The the. um. I guess the reaction that people have to you simply caring for our son because you put just as much in 
on making him as I did. Right. Like, and so Tweety will hold Preston. Tweety is holding Arch. There is nothing like 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 it, it, it ain't no ooze eyes fireworks. He's just holding our baby. Or he'll have like the carrier on, holding him, feeding him, whatever. And people have literally approached him like, How long you gonna hold him? Like how you know, are you gonna keep holding him? Oh, okay. People have said that he's that our child is spoiled because his father is holding him. Just holding. <laughs> just just, just simply holding our child. Um or, you know, if he's talking to him or spending time with him or rocking him to sleep or changing his diaper, he's a parent. It's not no, oh, that's what Patrice's supposed to do. He is a parent. We both put in on this child. We both because he needs both of us right. to be just as present. Right. When I was breastfeeding, the, Tweety, if Tweety had breasts, he would have been pulling them out too. Like, like, like we. This is our child, and so the the reaction and the feedback that has happened when we are simply living our lives as both parents in this child's life has been so wild in 2021. Like, it's it's crazy. But I started to understand where it came from. I think it comes from that that cycle of. Well, you know, your baby's spoiled if, if they crying and you pick them. He don't even know why he crying. I need to figure out why he crying. Or all of three months. <laughs> so like I start I, I'm starting to not be offended. Yeah. And I'm starting to understand that that may come from like, oh man, you may not have yeah. somebody on your corner. Yeah. You may not have a husband who does. You may not have a wife who does. Like so it may be just coming from a place of Dang, I, I need some help. There he go. Uh, he's up. Um, but since we're on that segment, I think the best help that we can give to each other as we are raising our young kings and queens is that it's okay to be authentically you while you're doing that. Right. It's okay to, uh, you know, not let those negative comments dictate who you are together. Yeah. I'm like, I'm giving my wife a break. She held them all night. <laughs> this is her break. You don't need to know that it's her break. I'm giving her that break because I know what she needs in this moment. And people can become so divisive even in that because just based off what they see, they'll see Tweety holding him and then they'll look at me like, oh, so what you do? And I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. minute. Call Ray J. Wait a minute. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) You know, I just don't understand. Um, People will immediately become divisive and be like, oh, well, that's that's a daddy's boy right there. Yeah, he is. He absolutely is. He's his his parents' child. You know, uh, people just like to just do, even um, the day our son was born, Somebody had commented and said, like, oh, Tweety, you know, he really, you know, he, he, that's his child. You know, like, like they said it in the, (laughs) with the undertone of like, oh yeah, he, you know, he really caring for his child, you know, like, mm mm-hmm, he proud. mm -hmm." Like it was, it was said with that, just that very, just funny you know that very condescending undertone um as if like he was being too protective of our you know 30 minute old child um they listen if parents are being protective if parents have you know a way that they want their child to be cared for they want their child to be loved on if if the parent does not want you to hold kiss touch don't, don't can, please respect that boundary of our child please respect the boundary that if this was your child 
you wouldn't want your child being ran up on. You wouldn't want your child being taught. Make no comment on their parenthood or anything. People are trying. And I think people tend to forget that they were once first-time parents and they had no idea what they were doing. I think sometimes people forget that as fifth-time parents, as sixth-time parents, they still have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, it's discovery mode. And my thing is, like, if you have all this grand advice on how to take care of babies, let me see your grown child. Bring them here. Let, let me see your grown child that was breastfed for five years. Let me let me see them. Let, let me let me see. Oh, oh, we don't want to. Talk. Oh, okay, that's fine. That's fine. But anyway, let's go ahead and move into business. Um, in business, I believe that um, what I've been experiencing is that everybody is looking for expansion, but nobody is looking for the strategy. So strategy comes by education. You have to go learn something new to implement to get that expansion going. So you started the business yesterday. What business do you have looking at somebody else who didn't been doing business for 30 years and saying, I'm just going to pop up? And, you know, what do you mean by pop up? Like having your mindset on something as a goal is great. But you never wrote the steps to the road or to the the place. You just, I'm just going, whatever they say, I'm doing. So I feel like you're kind of doing a roundabout. I think you need to just call a thing a thing. Are you speaking of people launching and having this grand expectation of the feedback and and their retention? No, what I'm saying is that. Remember this, there's a reel and a TikTok going on that is misleading people. Start the business without the business plan. Start the day without it. Just start by doing. And we are here to say, don't do that. Don't do that. I am discouraging that. Not to start. Please do start. But before, before you you do it, you will do great. You will succeed just like they said. I believe in, if it's God's plan yeah. and what he has set for you, you, you will. Yeah. But there's some lessons along the way that you don't have to buy. Come on. Come that on. you can learn before you launch. Come on. I'm saying from people who, who've learned those <laughs> lessons and say, hey, and man. And still learning. And still learning. Yeah. I'm always learning. We're not speaking from a graduated place. We are speaking from. A now. The now. The current trenches. That we're in. I believe that the the start the business without the business plan is getting people hyped, but then people end up in the water without a floaty. And they never took nobody's swimming lesson. And and they're just depending at that point on instinct and survival, and you don't have to. At the mercy of somebody else's guidance. You see somebody else quit their job and then all of a sudden they ran up on six figures. And they said they didn't have no plan. You don't know what they did. They didn't tell you that they've been working 15 years for that moment. You have no idea. But here you go. Here you go. Here I go. Here I go. <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden you let go of things and hopes. And like it's, That's not the way faith works. I think we keep calling this thing faith. We keep calling this Get yourself in a situation where you are so critically unprepared for the next step and and then call it faith. That is not faith. That is dead. And work without faith is deadly. So let me tell you something. God may have called you to a place. But God also encourages, I believe that he says things to us to encourage conversation, to encourage dialogue. Lord, you called me to a place. Okay, where do you want me to go? 
You want me to go here? All right, when do you want me to go? If he says now, it may not make sense to everybody else. I'm not saying you're critically unprepared at that point, but what I'm saying is you need to ask God for strategy because he does not withhold anything, but you have to ask. Yeah, and he gonna, God's going to give you every provision that you need. Mm -hmm. Children of Israel, oh, I'm hungry. Oh, here's some manna. Yeah. Oh, we're going to stack up on the manna, y'all. We finna rack up on this. Right, so they right. started they started racking up on the manna that God was giving them. And then God was like, wait a minute. I gave you an overabundance. You guys are not hungry. Now you're just overfed. Nah, now you're greedy. So, so what happens is like, I put, all right, keep doing that mm -hmm. and see what happened. Oh, the manna, oh, manna gone. Oh, we got to really do this for real, God. How, how you going to do that? It's the same thing we do with the... It's not your business. It's God's business. He gave yeah. it to you yeah. as a conduit. Yeah. So when you don't understand that it's not yours, you end up over abusing it. Yeah. You end up just looking at it as a thing. Yeah. Like, have you realized that your lack of launching or your lack of doing the things that God has called you to is hindering somebody else? Wow. Have you realized that you going too fast is actually leading somebody else to go in the wrong path? Yeah. Yeah. Or too slow. Or in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. Because somebody is depending on that. Mm -hmm. So what I've, I've, I've grown to see in, in what God is calling my wife and I to when it comes to business is that ain't nobody got this roadmap but God. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you the guru of the year. I don't care if you are the millionaire maker. <laughs> That's not what makes me do what I do. And sometimes we get enamored by the numbers that it causes us to deflate and be ineffective in what God has called us to do. Right. The numbers shouldn't run you. You should be able to run them. So being able to solidify the business that God has called you to, you have to be in communication with God. So what I believe that they mean when they say start your business without a business plan is not necessarily started without any any kind of direction of where you're going. Maybe they say that I think they're meaning like you may not know the details. You may not know every single material need. You may not know, you know, how to build the website. You may not know how, but that does not mean you should go in without those things. So let's talk about the things that you do need when you start your business. Go ahead, sweetie. Um, the first thing that you would need starting your business is a God idea. Yes. A God idea is, in key definition, something that didn't did not come from your head. God really dropped it in your lap and said, hey, look, this is you. It's a solution. It's the, a solution right. to somebody's problem. Right. The solution to... Um, the solution to slow delivery back in the days, and then I'm saying it like it was too long ago, in the 19, late 1990s was Amazon. Amazon said, you know what? Everybody's getting their books late. What are we going to do? We are going to find a way to have all the books that are needed and have a way to ship them out faster. Mm -hmm. Did that happen overnight? The answer is what? No. Did they start selling hair and funeral, funeral stuff online that day no did they start building planes and doing whatever else they're doing now answer is no because they didn't have it in their mind that that's where they would be i can promise you that's not what that was not in the business plan right they came up on it right but they had to build a foundation yeah foundation one we want to excel in fast delivery mm -hmm. we want to excel by having all the needs of customer a Customer A led them to customer Z, which is us now. Mm -hmm. 
I encourage that when you are starting a business, you write out what is my consumer basis problem. And I believe focus on one thing. Focus on one thing and work on perfecting that one thing. I'm not saying you don't have to focus on two things. I'm saying start off before you get to that second thing on that first thing. When Hustle Blends was born, not again, we're not speaking from a graduated place. We're speaking from a place of experience. All right, forever growing, forever a student. Um, we were selling, uh, the, it, it was shirts, coffee, candles, candles soap. And we were working on teas, mugs, and it was just kind of like a novelty type of situation. And I remember this one time, and I'm she discouraged. I was discouraged, but I was enlightened. Um, we went to a pitch contest, and this lady was like, "I don't know what y'all sell. Like y'all don't give me coffee. Y'all give me like t-shirt shop, lifestyle. cute couple lifestyle. You know, like I don't really know what y'all sell." And I was in my fifis. I was knee deep in my fifis. But I was like, no, but she's right. Because you need those outside. So do, do an assessment. You know what I'm saying? As many people as cheering you on and doing those things, ask them, hey, man, what, what, you, where do you, where, what are the holes that you see in my business? What are the things that you see? What's that? So I, I think <laughs> I agree with you, but I also disagree with you on that last part of like going to people about what the holes they see. Um, this is the thing. I do believe that people see the holes in your business, but the, the, the question is, are they going to see it to help? Or are they going to see it to hurt? Mm-hmm. So this is your baby. This is your vision. Just like you talked about people, talk, I did this, I did that. Like, you know, you you spoil it. It's the same thing in your business. Mm-hmm. Somebody may see something wrong, but they rather see it wrong so that they can be like, I, I know if I did X, Y, and Z yeah. and go from point A to Z, right. I'll do it better. So, like, nah, I'm not going to say that. So, what I mean is take it to a trusted source, uh, preferably somebody who knows more than you, preferably somebody who actually knows, or, you know, somebody who has nothing to gain from telling you the truth. That's what I mean. There is nothing wrong. We have not asked every single person who's bought coffee from us, you know, how was their experience. But as, if they are consumers... And they are, you know, pursue our coffee and they and they support our business. Hey, what can we do to better serve you? There's nothing wrong with assessing that. That is a great place to be. But vetting that is the hardest part because not every opinion matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens is that if you are built off of opinions, you'll never be built off of actions. But that's not being built off of. The consensus matters. Every opinion does not matter, but the consensus matters. If I have 100 customers and 98 of them are saying, like, hey, this this ain't that, then that means the consensus is speaking. We ain't even talked about customers yet. This is somebody who's building their business. So I'm saying, like, as they're talking about their strategy, mm-hmm. as they're talking about, like... Oh, no, 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 for sure. But I'm saying, okay, I think we're saying the same thing, but we're not saying the same thing. I believe that there's nothing wrong while while you are in strategic build-up, creative flow. I'm in the lab. I'm on my third Red Bull, and it's five in the morning mode. There is nothing wrong with if you... Should you hit a hump... 
Or should you have a question? Should you be confused? Should you kind of like need the additional support with seeking it? Now, if you are in that 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 ground zero space of like I'm building, I'm putting this on paper, I just got to see it with my own eyes, then you may not need to consult anybody but God. But if you get to that place where people's lives are involved or you know, you just need that additional support and clarity, there's nothing wrong with asking somebody who actually knows how to give you an answer. I'm in agreement with that. that uh, we're on the same page on that. What I'm saying is that as you're moving and as, you, as you're grooving into that second step, you've had the idea, God idea. Next step is I am building a plan. How do I how do I solve this problem that I see in this in the community? I man, there's no grocery stores in the hood. Yeah. I I I, I really want to do a grocery store. I could just go to South Lake, get their stuff, and then bring it here, and then here I go. No, 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 no. What's the what's the what's the critical mistake there? Is that you're going to buy overpriced food, then sell it underpriced to hopefully get your money. You're gonna be. How about hey, look, I found a one acre plot of land in the hood that I want to do a farm. Sustainable. Yeah. And I'm gonna make it sustainable to where they can come in and pick their own stuff, and I am going to charge them a monthly fee for doing that. These are the rules I'm going to put in regulations. Oh, this, right yeah, 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 yeah. We got a whole lot of empty lots in the hood. In the yeah, a whole lot, a whole lot of whole empty lot. lots. Um, and I'm going to, you know, employ somebody to be over the garden, somebody to, over, to be over the watering of it, even if it's like a water system that I need to put in there. I'm going to talk to the government which is the local body. I'm going to talk to them about potentially using, you know, reinstated, you know, uh, uh, people from prison, you know, to run it. I'm going to potentially pitch it out as a, a 501, five, what is it? What is it called? 5013C. I'm potentially going to, you know, like there's so many things you could do with that. Now I'm going to contact the churches around this. There's like 10 churches up in here. If I get five people from every church to commit to volunteer up in this place, I'm getting free labor, but they're doing it for their community. You love Lord, right? Right? You don't want to see everybody go to McDonald's, right? You don't want to see everybody die. Well, what's the leading cause of, of death in America? It's heart attack and cancer. Yeah. So this is what I'm going to do to pivot that. And there was a business plan right there. Right. Right there. We had the who, the what, the when, the where, the how, um, all of those things. But there's nothing wrong with asking for help in the midst of that. If you're like, man, I don't have the resources for this. Um, I don't think that that you should have to ask for help about your why. That That's what I think we're, we're both saying. You should not. Uh, the how, you may not know. The where, you may not know. But the why, you should definitely know. You should definitely know why you are doing what you're doing. And if you do not Please find yourself right there at the feet of God asking, you know, for clarity on that. Right. So I, I think I think in the business talk, what I want to establish is that we got to continue to elevate and do better. It's not just about black business. Do good business yeah. in general, <laughs> like do great business in general. Let it not be about the color of your skin. Let it be more about excelling. And going further. Not that there's anything wrong with black business. We love black business. But last time I checked, I've never heard nobody say, I'm going to Hispanic business. I just heard people say, I'm pulling up at La Michicana. I'm, I'm on the north side. I'm on the north side. North side. <laughs> That's what I heard people say. And when I go there, I'm in another world. 
I'm seeing and they are thriving. I'm seeing auto shops by them. I'm seeing grocery stores, grocery stores buildings yeah. like that they own yeah. own yeah. buildings. Yeah. Not you know, yeah. I think we preach ownership, but we really don't back it up the way we used to. Back in the day, we we'll surround somebody and be like, "Man, if he own it, I own something next." And that's where we need to go to is encouraging each other. But let's move on to the next topic. Oh, and get some contracts. Oh, oh! Before we finish, thank you, Preston. I know, I know, you, you, I feel your pain because that's the pain I feel. If you don't have contracts, if you're a service-based business, and you don't product-based and product-based as well, and you don't have a contract for what you do and how your consumer is going to get their product and how you gonna get your green, your Skrilla, your Moolah, your dinero. Man, I'm telling you, the, the worst pain is not just in the creation process. It's, it's in the, did I low by myself? You know, a lot of creatives stop what they do because, man, I feel like I undercharged. I feel like I got robbed. I feel, right. Get it in black and white. Get those expectations in black and white. I don't care if you got a homegirl that do do eyebrows, and every time you have a photo shoot, she said, oh, I'm going to pull up. All right, you had a photo shoot today. She's, she in the bed sleep because nothing bound her to come. Nothing bound her to show up. You have people who want to do favors all day, and purely out of the goodness of their heart, or maybe for a come up. You really don't know. There's no way to determine that. But I will tell you, a good contract will eliminate a lot of the fluff. Hey, I got an event space. You you want to come and do balloon arches every time I have an event because you want to get your business out there and you'll do it for free for me. I need you to have I need us to have a contract. Because the minute you feel like, man, she keep on profiting off these events and I'm showing up here sweating, doing this and doing that, doing these balloon arches, you going to feel away. And, 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 and because feelings are fickle, emotions are, are on the up and down every single day. Let's have a contract. People are afraid of doing contracts because they think it's going to get too serious and they think they're going to miss lose customers and clients and friends. No, get a contract, please. That's it. That, 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 that's all I got to say. You got to switch up ahead of Houdini. What? Let me finish. The switch up is this. All right, you're used to doing things that are comfortable. Yes. It is comfortable to say, hey, man, you my homie, pull up on me. Pull up on me. I'm finna I'm finna do this. I'm finna do that. And let's get in the you know, you give me even if you're exchanging services, like, well, if you do this for me, write it in contract. That's it. Get it on paper. On this day, yeah. I will do this. Mm-hmm. Will you do that? Sign here, dotted line. Not that you feel you feel you think that you guys are gonna be in some court talking about this, but it, it covers the expectations, like you said, the procedures and how you're gonna do that. And the deliverables. This is when and how I'm going to deliver something. If you don't have that, at that point, you at that person's mercy of, well, I do it when I get it. What? You gonna do it when? Uh-uh. No, <laughs> we, on this day. On this day, which you signed, you will deliver mm-hmm. what happened to that day. Yeah. No, man. That's where this, the discouragement, aka accountability, comes in. Mm-hmm. In the contract. Right. So, please, please, please. Get your contract. I don't care if you're selling clay. I don't care if you're selling paper. I don't care what you're selling or what you're doing. Get a contract that you're going to deliver before you even do business. Mm-hmm. This is my invoice. 
the, you know, I, I you want to do business? This is my, you know, my contract. When you sign it, we begin business. Not when you give, you know, the exchange of money kind, kind of sometimes give you the, the, the feeling like this is going to grow great. I got my 50%. I got my money. It's going to be great. But the expectations then keep building. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not your lawyer. Like, ah, right. <laughs> I'm not your business plan I maker. Here to build a website. <laughs> I am simply here to build a website. Yeah. And you can't blame the customer at that point. Right. You can only blame yourself for not having that contract. And it sounds so simple because you're like, man, I've done 20, I've done 20, you know, I've, I've done plenty of jobs before and I've never ran into this problem. Yeah, because this is the problem you needed to run into the first time. Right. It just right. took you the 20th time to 20 get to it. Time. Yeah. Yep. So now that you ran into the problem, say thank you. Yeah. Don't don't get mad. Don't get angry. Say thank you. I will not run into this problem again. This is what I'm going to do. Because sometimes we our value is misconstrued, one, not just by prices, by how we organize ourselves, mm-hmm. our, how, how our steps are going to be from step one to step five, how we're going to complete the project. But moving on to... Um, relationship. Re- relationship talk. I feel like we haven't really dove deep on the... the, the you know, the single folks is kind of like, man, y'all y'all always on some marriage stuff, y'all. Right. Y'all always on that, you know. I, I get it. Yeah. Y'all in love. Mm-hmm. But what about us? Yeah. So you got any, 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 you know, mama's cooking on some, some single people talk, you know, dating scene, any of that? Okay, um, so there was a conversation. Um, y'all have to start writing back to us so we can like have some specifics to cover. But there was a conversation on um, serial dating, all right? How many people you should be dating at once um, and all of those things. And if, um, you know, wh- why celibacy? Why celibacy is aligned with Christianity? Um, there was a conversation on that as well. So it's like, hey... If I'm dating these these multiple people because that is what's encouraged in dating, like date more than one person at a time to see who you actually want to date, date, you know, type of thing. Um, then is that okay? Is that not okay? Type of thing. I feel like there's a lot of like, is this okay? Type of uh, conversations in the the Christian single community. Uh, I would lo- I would like to tackle that question to say that who created that idea. Mm-hmm. Was it God for you to, you know, move around how you want to move around? Mm-hmm. Last time I, I, I checked, it's, you're supposed to be found. Mm-hmm. But you looking. Are you speaking to women or men? I'm speaking to women. Why aren't you speaking to men? I, I, let, me, let me get, I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. Last time I checked, when it comes to women, you're supposed to be found and not looking. And last time I checked for men, you're supposed to be looking and not found. So... What I mean by that is that I think that there's a warped perception on what dating should or shouldn't be when it comes to the Christian single. Mm-hmm. Christian single actually struggle the most because it's like, what what if I date a person who's outside of my belief? What The what ifs continue to stack on. And the older you get, the slimmer the pickings. Yeah. So um, when it comes to, you know, I can only speak from personal experience. I've never been a great multitasker. 
I've never been able to, uh, I'm just going to do one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, and I'm going to figure out which one's the best. It's hard to do that. Mm-hmm. You're going to find the average. That's what people are going to do. Right. You're going to be like, well, this person has this character trait. That person has that character trait. This person do this. That person do that. I'm going to take the safe pick. Mm-hmm. Boom. I'm going to get you in the middle. Not the safe pick. People do safe picks all the time people now. People marry they safe pick. Yeah, people marry they say don't don't lie now. I'm trying <laughs> to help somebody. What a safe pick is. A safe pick is somebody that you will overlook and have never really, on your best day. On your, your best day. day you would no, no. On your worst day, you would still say no. Oh dang. <laughs> and what I mean that it's not even about the looks. It's just about like, do I got do I gotta deal with this? You know, do do we even mesh? Mm. A safe pick is like they want me more than I want them, but like they got a job. Yeah, I'm kind of on my last leg. Yeah. You know, I finish my marathon. I see the finish line, and it's like you will marry me. I come on. Yeah. Let's go with it. Yeah. And what I mean by that is that <laughs> just dating, going back to the the, the dating pool. And when we were dating, it's kind of like sometimes we do have a privilege. We were kids, pretty much, 19, 20, yeah. like 21. Like that, that, that's, we had the privilege of not worrying about where do you work. Right. I go to college. How much money you make. <laughs> How much money where you, you make. Stay at, yeah. Where you stay at. Like that was not an issue. Right. What became an issue, uh, what was becoming for an issue, somebody who's 30 plus or somebody who's, tw- you know, in their late 20s, is that how many kids you got? Yeah. Where you live. Right. Where you work. Right. All those variables we didn't have to deal with. So I can't speak on that because that's not what we what we had back then. But what I didn't know is that I can only commit to one conversation at a time. Mm. If I'm trying to com- I forget who I was talking to. Yeah. So how can you tell me you could talk to six different people and really know them personally? Mm. You'll know their best them. Yeah. Everybody in dating world is putting a front of their best version. But then the argument comes about is if you're putting all your eggs in one basket by just dating one person at a time. Well, what you'll know is that that's not for me. Mm-hmm. I can I can for a doubt say this person is not for me based off of X, Y, and Z. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about safe picks. Let's talk a little bit more because I don't think I feel like we mentioned that before on the podcast. We never finished. Um. So. Like Sweetie said, your safe pick is somebody that's like, you know, five years ago, you probably wasn't really checking for it. You probably was like, oh, that's them over there. They want me. And, you know, we can go bowling sometime. Then that five years later, it's like, <laughs> what's good? You still single? Like that type of thing because of, I get it, what you said, the safe pick comes about because of availability, the scarcity. Discouragement needs to happen here. <laughs> <laughs> safe picks end up switching Mm. because the person that you thought was a safe pick ends up doing a glow up on you Mm. and you become the safe pick. Dang. Yeah. Or the last, or the, or the last pick. There is a difference between the last pick and the safe pick. Right. So, cause you, you know, it could be worse with the safe pick. Right. So, (laughs) And this is not to if you if hey this is not to discourage but you know blink twice if you gotta say no I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> we're just joking we're joking we're joking you know what you got you know where you at that's on you if if you if you sitting there driving right now you're like dang am I the safe pick no you're not you're not how you're do not. you know how are you telling them they're not how do you know 
because I want them to think for themselves. That's true. Like, I don't want to yeah. be the person to be deliver some news. And you're like, well, the billion dollar conversation say you a safe pick. I'm done. I'm through. It's like, no, that's that's for you to figure out mm-hmm. what you got and how you got it. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. The you safe know. pick relationships can work out. Absolutely. It works out all the time. I've yeah. seen, you know, people 50, 60. Hey, look, you stay in that room. Yeah. I stay in this room. We stopped playing a long time ago. Yeah. You know what's up. I know what's up. Yeah. Yeah. You know what this is. Yeah. It's a con. It's a, it's, they, got, they signed the contract. They the, yeah, they got the contract in order. And yeah. they got the deliverables. Yeah. This this is what I want mm-hmm. monthly. Mm-hmm. People are going into more agreeing, agreement marriages than not. Wow. Which is wow. where the safe picking happened. Hey, we live together. I could bring somebody. You, you, you good to go, too. But you, you can have somebody, too. Yeah. There's so many deceptions, especially in the Christian marriage of like, well, should we bring somebody else? Somebody else? What? The Holy Spirit is the somebody else, yeah. not somebody else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, the, the discouragement needs to happen to where it's very hard to know somebody when you're talking to six different people. Mm-hmm. It's extremely, it's even harder being super serious with two people mm-hmm. and knowing which one is for you. That's why these love shows don't work. Mm-hmm. You talk to eight different people, that's eight different personalities plus yours, and you got a whole staff. Yeah. You got ten people up in your heads, and you talking to ten people is a yeah, yeah. disaster. Right, disaster is finna happen. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say I, I think, from my perspective, my opinion. This is not law. This is not even in the word. My opinion is that you need to deal with people on a one-on-one basis, because then you'll get to discover, man, the person I thought wasn't for me was made for me. Mm-hmm. Because I got to see the things that I struggle with mm-hmm. that they have on them. Mm-hmm. Their, their strengths are my weaknesses. But sometimes, or not even sometimes, this culture is based off of looks. Mm-hmm. Like, last time I checked, like, once you get to that 70s, mm-hmm. that 80s, yeah. all that, for men and women, mm-hmm. it fade away. Yeah. Y'all both look like old leather bags. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Y'all both struggling. How do we get up off the bed? Yeah. If you even make that, that's when you see true love. Right. True love, you get to see it in those stages. Yeah. Right now, it just becomes like, oh, man, we, you know, we together. We uh-huh. we, we, wear, we wear the same clothes. Mm-hmm. We, we matching. Mm-hmm. It's cute. Yeah. But cute might not be at the hospital bed when somebody needs a bedpan. Yeah. You know, you got to think that far. I, I know that people don't want to do that. Well, I mean, honestly, in some cases, it's not even far. It's not a matter of age. Right. Sometimes you could be, it's, it's situationally bound. Sometimes you, it's not even physical. Sometimes somebody's having a bad mental day. Right. They can't get out of bed. They can't see see the light for anything. You have to be able to pull somebody out of that, you know, and it, the work exceeds love. Like what the old folks say, it ain't that much love in the world. Like, 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 like love alone will not get you through this thing, you know? Right. Even when the old folks say like, sit your butt down somewhere. Mm -hmm. I never understood that. You know, like when I was in college, I mean, I was, I was out here, out here, out here, out here. And several times, like my dad and my mom and like some of the people around me, there was this one guy in campus, like he was a, he was in campus ministry. Shout out to Ben. You know who you are if you're listening. Um, he was like, you know that you could you could find love in Christ first. Mm-hmm. I never understood that. I was like, I'm not looking for love. But most people who are like single, that's the first thing I'm looking to be like loved. Mm-hmm. I'm looking to be understood. I'm looking to be safe. Mm-hmm. 
So, like, you find safety in your friends, and then your friends find safety in you, and then before you know it, y'all find safety in going out together because you feel like you're safe. Mm. But everybody has their own ulterior, ulterior motives. Yeah. And then peer pressure kicks in. Oh, man, you should go sleep with that person over there. Mm. Because, I mean, they looking at it. They, they doing this. Mm. And then for the guys, it's like, well, this is what we do. Mm. You know, woo-woo. Mm. Guys in the building. Mm-hmm. You know, who you go with. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody wants to talk about HIV. Nobody wants to talk about diseases. Nobody wants to talk about uh, early pr- uh, uh, unplanned pregnancy, pregnancy, unplanned pregnancy. Nobody want to talk about death that people or suicide that people commit because they got something or they... they mm-hmm. Uh, they fell out of love mm-hmm. with somebody. The yeah. depression that hits by not feeling wanted, yeah. or giving yourself so many times that you feel like nobody else is gonna want you. Right. So right. you end up right. deep in your thirties trying to deal with things you did in your eighteen year as an eighteen trying year. Trying to old. recover. You trying to recover. Yeah. While you're in in marriage, some people are in that. Yeah. Yeah. So before you even go that far if you're listening and you you know you're you're in that single stage ask yourself like i'm committing to a moment that is going to cost me how many years to recover from mm-hmm. it's a moment it's a vibe yeah y'all outside y'all doing that y'all y'all kicking it but what is it going to cost you in the long run mm-hmm. how many soul ties you need to be connected to and how much of Christ's blood is going to need to be covered. And you need a little bit. Mm-hmm. But before you even get to that submission stage, how hard are you going to fight to say, I'm okay? Man. Man. And a lot of people out here saying, I'm good. I'm fine. Like, yeah. you know, I do me. Yeah. They do them. Right. You know, like, I'm not looking for commitment. I'm not looking for a right. boyfriend. I got right. this. I'm me. And I'm like, sis, bro. I think that people heavily fear the I'm okay syndrome. It's not for other people, now that I'm thinking about it. It's for you to just convince yourself of. Yeah. Now, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm good. I don't need this. I don't need that. The more you say you don't need, the more you're admitting that you do. Right. You don't have to tell me that. Yeah. That's true. Right. And so we're not here to condemn or just, we are here to discourage. <laughs> but to discourage you from, from things that could be potentially detrimental. Um, because I think there's a lot of, um, like Tweety said earlier, lessons that we don't have to buy. Like, we we really don't got to go through, you know, the fire and brimstone of, of foolishness if somebody just kind of gave us a warning sign like, hey, bro, don't go that way. You know, but we're going to move into our adding of tax. All right. This is the section of the podcast where we just give you some free game, some love, some wisdom, um, some things we kind of came up on lately um, and all of those good things. So go ahead, sweetie. You start. I come at the very, very end of the podcast to encourage you. (laughs) (laughs) I encourage you to. Um, go to my wife's page, The Faith Boss, on Insta. Follow that thing. This girl right here is going, she's going bananas on this, you know. Forget the Christian influence. She's just being a Christian and out you. And she has a 30-day challenge. Um, I, I mean, I feel like it could go for both men and women, personally, but if you're a woman, I definitely encourage you to go on there and do the 30-day challenge. What this challenge is going to do is going to show some holes that you've not been poking. Like, it helped me poke some holes in my life. It's like, Tweety, you haven't played basketball in like two years. I'm like, really? Yeah. 
for somebody who always talking about it, somebody always like, man, I want to go, I want to do this. Like, I was like, man, like, you know, self-examination is important. So I just want to encourage y'all to please go follow at the faith boss. Also, I'm going to drop everything in here. Drop slept on tweet on Twitter. I'm coming back with a lot of discouragement that helps <laughs> because I feel like I was on a roll. Yeah, yeah, you were. And I'm going to get back on the roll because that my discouragement is helpful. It's not harmful. It's helpful. And uh, also follow at Hustle Blends, you know, yeah. for all the all your coffee needs. Yes. Cold brew just going out the door. Yeah. It's going. It's going to be at your door. Yeah. You're going to mix it with whatever. You can make a latte. You can make a macchiata. Macchiata. (laughs) You can make whatever you need. And it's at home. So, hey, that's my encouragement. Mine is actually not philosophical, spiritual, or anything. So it's so, so practical. Um, Check on your health. You know, check on your health. It's your wealth. Seriously, you know, um, whatever your body is, is telling you, whatever need, you know, if you have insurance, you pay for insurance, go see somebody. And if you don't, the APS. Yeah. <laughs> the APS. No, no, seriously, go go, go get some things checked out. Um, make sure you're operating on all four cylinders. We're not getting any younger. We, we're currently in our late 20s. I'm sure our demographic is somewhere between, you know, 25 and 40 or something like that. Or, or you know, if um, whoever's listening to us, take care of yourself. Um, this body we have, this shell we have, the suits that we, we we're renting um while here on earth i mean we have to take care of it we have to steward it um so just make sure you're doing that yep and lastly turn that pandemic into a pandemic <laughs> <laughs>